So you experienced a challenge that led to certain effects in your life, which then made you feel certain ways because you have these needs. How have you been getting these needs met? Are there other ways that you could get these needs met? This can actually, I think, not just legitimize and sort of justify our bad habits, but actually give us a deeper understanding of, and hopefully empathy for why we do the things we do. So there's kind of a little healing medicine in this. Welcome to Atomic Moms, a weekly parenting podcast about the joys and complexities of caring for our little ones and ourselves. I'm Ellie Noss, and I celebrate and commiserate with best-selling authors, parenting experts, and caregivers all over the world in order to share their unique stories and the universal experience of raising a child. You can find us on our website, AtomicMoms.com, on social media, and also on iTunes. Subscribe so you can get a new episode every week. Hey everyone, I am in northern Michigan on our family vacation and I am recording this intro in our rental car because it's quiet. Do you ever wonder why you do what you do? Like what is motivating your behavior? Do you know why you react to your kid in a certain way? Um, Do you know your patterns? Are you aware of why your kid reacts to you in a certain way? Like maybe in a a really crazy explosive way? Uh, Or is that just me? Anyway... Ethan Sawyer is back on Atomic Moms today because we got such a huge response from our episode last fall titled Core Values, College Essays, and Burning Man Babies, because yes, Ethan Sawyer took his baby to Burning Man. A graduate of Northwestern University with an MFA from UC Irvine, Ethan is an active member of the Western Association of College Admissions Counselors and National Association of College Admissions Counselors. His book, College Essay Essentials, a step-by-step guide to writing a successful college admissions essay, is available for pre-order. Okay, you might be thinking, my kid is in elementary school. My kid is going to preschool. Like, ah, what do I care about college admissions? Um, hopefully not that much right now. But we're going to be talking about competitive potty training, baby sign language, Dumbo's feather. The Dumbo's feather thing will make more sense when you listen to the whole episode. Uh <laughs> So we're talking about the young kids stuff, but we're also talking about the older kids stuff. uh, And we're talking about mostly our own stuff. So even if you don't have a child, this episode is for you. We're going to be talking about how a plain piece of paper can help us bring our unconscious behavioral patterns to light. So Ethan will lead us through a game-changing exercise. And as always, I'm the guinea pig here. If you don't want to do it first, you can just listen, uh, because Ethan shares a lot of Uh, insights from his own life, actually, while we're doing the exercise. And I solve a pretty big parenting struggle I've been having recently. Um, But then, like, do it, guys. Just try it. I'll be right back with this brand new episode with Ethan Sawyer. Ethan. Hi. 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 Okay, I feel like you're going to take us on some amazing journey right now. That's my hope. Uh, That's the plan, folks. I want to know what's going on in your home life. What is parenting like these days? Zola is 18 months old, and she's just about potty trained, which has been really cool. Um, (laughs) We are doing daycare for the first time, and it's ripping us apart, (laughs) meaning like it's tearing our hearts up because we have to leave her there, and she cries a lot. So that's really tough. And this morning I said to my wife, Veronica, I was like, this parenting thing is so hard. Isn't it hard? (laughs) It's so hard. I was like, it's so not worth it. I said that jokingly because it's, it's the most <laughs> worth it thing ever. But I was like, she dropped her off at daycare this morning and I said, how did it go? And she said, horrible. 
She oh. kept crying and saying, mommy. And it's, you know, it's day three, so that's going to happen. Oh, it's only day three. It's only day three. Have you read anything that's been helpful? I haven't. And I'm sure there's a lot out there. And I'm open to your tips if you have any thoughts. I don't. I mean, Janet Lansbury always says that you have to be okay with it yourself for mm-hmm. your child to be okay with it. Yeah. But it's hard, especially when it's a chaotic environment. Because there's a lot of energy, there's a lot of kids, and then another kid gets upset, and it's like a domino effect. Um, we're going to be dealing with that starting in July, because Sabrina's going to go into preschool. Right now, it's two mornings a week, but she's going to go five days a week, starting yeah. in July, until two o'clock. So I feel like that'll ratchet it up. Yeah. It's so hard, because it's like, well, we just love her and want to spend a bunch of time with her. and so. But we know that it's best. It's sort of like the... The whole, um, uh, you know, do your oxygen mask first on the yes. airplane. And uh, we know that there are things that we need to do for ourselves. Like my wife, who's been primary caretaker, needs to spend the, you know, five hours a day because we're doing, or four hours a day because we're doing nine to one so that she can be a whole balanced person. And which I think she'll admit that she hasn't been. She's been putting much more intention on. To fix, you know, what, I don't know if people listening know what I'm talking about. You know, when you're on the airplane and the, they say when the oxygen mask falls, please do your mask first. Then you'll be awake and alive and able to actually help your child. <laughs> yep. So I just see that as a metaphor for, you know, for life and for raising a baby. Um, I haven't seen a Hallmark card like that, but there probably should be one <laughs> <laughs> with just an os- oxygen mask on the front and like a little reminder to parents. Um, self-care. Self-care. I feel like we're in a jungle with this bird. We're recording live from, from Ecuador, from Quito, Ecuador. <laughs> I don't know. If, did you, you didn't mention that. I did not. I should have. It's a field trip day. Uh, talk to me about potty training. Any tricks? Any tips? Well, here's something that a friend of mine did that we didn't do, but it sounds like the best idea ever. And he would shake a pack of Tic Tacs when you know he wanted to like invite her to go pee and so that became kind of a pavlovian thing because after she would pee he would give her one tic tac which i don't know how much sugar is in that a little bit but probably there's not. only what it's five calories it's, <laughs> i think it says so your kid will not get fat from this form of potty training but it's he called it the tic tac method i think he i don't know if he made it up or read about it he's not the type to like read parenting blogs but he's like yeah every time he's like now it's kind of the point where if I think she needs to pee, I'll just shake it and she'll be like, oh, yeah. And she'll be really excited to go pee because after she gets pee, she gets the little Tic Tac. And he uses the orange ones because those are kind of delicious. Oh, they are. They're the best ones. They're the best ones. Also, when she's in her 20s and she's interning and like her boss has, has like a Tic Tac thing, she's going to be running to the bathroom constantly. It's weird. She's like, I don't know. Or on just, a date. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's like about to lean in for a kiss. So he like puts in a Tic Tac and she hears the shake. She- Oh my gosh. And she just, you can just see her eyes widen and she just panics. Please don't do that again. <laughs> um, well, if it works, uh, are, are you going to try it? We don't need to because she's been, she's at the point now where she'll go pee, pee, and she'll just go and do it. And so we're going to start moving to uh, Veronica's just like, I asked Veronica yesterday, I was like, Hey, I'm going to do this, you know, this podcast with Ellie tomorrow. Do you have any suggestions about potty training and she's like just i just listen to her this i just and and if i'm not paying attention sometimes veronica will hear her say pee pee and if i'm not paying super close attention i'll miss it um and so teaching her that i think just what pee is helped another thing so this goes back before potty training but the sign language thing is still really useful so there were like five things that we taught her sign language we taught her more which she uses the most 
Um, we taught her uh, milk. Yep. Right. Um, <laughs> this is also sounds like an episode of the birds. Um, the third one we taught her was uh, all done. And actually, we could say three. Like between more, all done, and milk. Those are the only ones I taught Sabrina. <laughs> <laughs> they work. A human can get through her first 18 months of life with those three. I think you can get through like your 30s. <laughs> all done. Please more. I've please been, stop. Yeah. All done. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing, waving my hand like all done. I kind of want to say that every night when I'm putting her to bed. Mama's all done. She'll do that with loud sounds. Aww. Like the blender's on and she'll go, all done, all done, all done. And she'll make the, the gesture. Aww. And for scary things, you know, all done, all done, all done. Cute. <laughs> I'm so good on that, or I'm so over this. It's kind of like the babies. I'm so over that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. I uh, I have a confession to make that I don't think I've shared on the podcast, but uh, you know Bridget Maloney Sinclair. All our listeners know Bridget Maloney Sinclair. I love that I have to say her full name. Uh, Instead of like BMS. <laughs> she's a close friend, and I have to say Bridget Maloney Sinclair. With her daughter, Phoebe, she's younger than Sabrina, and uh, Sabrina had been really good with potty training Um she started really early, just she had, she was just interested in doing it. And I kept thinking like, okay, I'm not going to do the external validation. I'm mm-hmm. not going to, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just going to let this come naturally and I'm going to trust that it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there was like a good, I want to say six months uh, where she would do it sometimes mm-hmm. and not other times. And I kept thinking like, this is the last month I'm going on Amazon Prime to get diapers. <laughs> and then there'd be like another month. And then Bridget texted that uh, she was potty training with Phoebe. And that got me so competitive <laughs> that I was like, Phoebe's like six months younger than my kid. Yeah. Um, so, you know what? I'm going to admit right here. I go- pulled out a piece of paper. I made a little chart with a calendar with like days of the week. I knew that in a week and a half, there was a book fair at the school. And I said, Sabrina, every time you pee, you get a sticker to put on the calendar. And at the end of the count in a week and a half, if this page is full of stickers, you get to pick out whatever book you want at the book fair. By the end of that day, she was potty trained. Wow. All it took was the stickers and the chart. And it made me so happy that she was potty trained um, except for nap times and bedtime. Um, and then I was so annoyed on the podcast all the time. I talk about, you know, let's not do the external validation. Let's not have them feed the need for stickers or whatever, the pat on the back. Right. Um, you know, dry panties should be enough. But <laughs> it, man, it worked. Did you give yourself like a whole page of stickers after that? <laughs> no, I should have. I think I felt guilty that I used mm. the tricks. Which is so dumb because it worked and I gave the other thing a chance. But that's the hard thing with parenting these totally. days, right? Because we're, we're trying to do it a different way or right. trying to be more conscious. And then when, when we do it, you know, another way, we like judge ourselves even though it worked. Totally. Totally. I'm with you. All I can say is yes. <laughs> and I'm in that struggle. And we're in that struggle where we've been trying to consciously just let things be neutral. And you peed. Right. Great. You know, and not even great, like in a positive way, but just affirmed. You know, and yeah, not, like, you peed. It's you a part peed. of life. Right. But, and I saw Veronica slip, and she, usually it's me that slips, but to go, yay, Zola, you peed. Right. And I'm like, mm, 
you know. We were at a wedding together recently in mm-hmm. Maine. So this guest who was a grandmother said, whenever my children, whenever my grandkids peed, I would always do the pee-pee dance. And I was like, okay, well, thank you. Thank you so much. That's thank the you. right, and that is the correct response to that. <laughs> like, Thank you so much for that. And it felt like she was saying it in a way that was like, you should do the pee-pee dance because then your child won't resist this. And I wanted to be like, I don't need to dance. It's no, like, I'm done with dance monkey dance, okay? I totally. spent 30 years dancing, like <laughs> doing Lord. my dance monkey dance. To get stickers. <laughs> to get my own stickers. <laughs> For the book fair. Yeah, That's happening exactly. at the end of your life. <laughs> Because if you get enough stickers, then when you die, you will get this amazing book. It's like this infinite cosmic book that you get. And you get your name forever etched in that book in everyone's minds. The legacy. I just totally messed up the metaphor. I feel like you could clarify it for me. Well, I just feel like as somebody who thrives on, who got a lot of external validation growing up, was positively affirmed as the oldest kid. Like I too was trying to get stickers all the time. And then at some point I was like... I'm going to give myself stickers. Like, that's what I need to learn is how to give myself stickers and still feel guilty for even those moments when I feel like I need a sticker, whether it comes from outside or comes from inside, some sort of like affirmation that I've done a good job. And I still wrestle with that. Like, isn't that crazy? Cause I, the fact that I'm aware of it, I'm trying to change it. It's like a double whammy. It's like, I need the external validation, which means I'm in an insecure place. And then I judge myself for needing the external validation. There's a framework that I, that has been used to describe other things to me. And I think it applies here. And it's, we begin at this place of unconscious incompetence. Like we don't know that we're doing something wrong. And then we move to a place of conscious incompetence that then we know we're doing something wrong. And then the third part. I feel like I spent a lot of my time there. (laughs) And then we move into conscious competence where we learn how to do it right. And we're giving ourselves this, giving ourselves the stickers maybe. And then there's like, we moved hopefully to a place of unconscious incompetence, sorry, unconscious competence. <laughs> yes, we revert. Yes. No, we move into. Competence. And you know what? Maybe childhood, if we're not like too in their business, like early childhood is unconscious competence. Ah, uh, that's interesting. I certainly would think about that with my poetry. When I was 12, I wrote the best poems. And then when I got into high school and I was writing poems, I was like, oh man, these are terrible because I had that, that inner critic. Like, right. Or the second you decide something matters more, like when it's a hobby, it's like, oh, this is great. Right. And then the second it starts to matter, it like I tense up and then it's not as fun and I get terrible as you saw when we were doing, um, when we were playing cornhole Cornhole. together. Cornhole is a big one. (laughs) You start to think about it too much and you start to worry about (laughs) Being judged. But what I was interested in that experience was like, I wasn't actually judging you, but I saw you judging yourself. Yeah. Well, I wanted to beat my husband. Yeah. And you ended up just beating on yourself. A lot. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm, that was the only game of cornhole I lost that weekend, by the way. Well, that wasn't, be- that wasn't because I was so bad. It wasn't. That was because my husband was so good. It was because I let him win. You can oh. see, I'm super competitive too. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So Ethan. You, we got to get to work here, okay? We don't have much time. We got to get to work. Your daughter's in daycare. I'm picking up my daughter at preschool. Um, my dogs upstairs are actually being quiet. So let's get to work. You've got this feelings and needs exercise for us. Okay, and now listeners, some of you, well, all of our listeners are pretty like into this stuff. Um, but if you're feeling resistant, Ethan, please tell our listeners, what is the original title for this exercise? The original title for this exercise was the So What exercise. Which, by the way, I prefer. I think it should go back. I, don't you guys prefer So What exercise to Feelings and Needs exercise? But okay, we're going to talk about our feelings and needs. We're going to talk about how we're going to get them met. And we're going to talk about 
don't you guys find that sometimes we do things unconsciously and we don't even know why we're doing them or we, or we're attracted to something. Um, and, but we've never really thought about like, well, why are we attracted to that thing? Or how is this filling us up? Or what is lacking in another area of my life that I'm getting sort of filled up in the new area? Does that make any sense? Explain this. Kind of. it, come well, on. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. you're not getting your needs met somewhere else, you're going to get your needs met elsewhere, right? Right. Which sounds kind of scandalous. Totally. No, but I mean, isn't that why like scandalous things happen? Like, you know, why people cheat on their spouses, why people cheat on their taxes. Like, you know, I would put forth that part of it is, is a scarcity mentality. Like I can't get my needs met in this one area. So I need to go over here and do it. And so this is a way of being more conscious of why we're doing what we're doing. What's motivating us and what are our patterns? Like, how are we trying to get this thing met? And are there any other options for getting our needs met? This is exciting. Okay. okay. Take us through it. Let's All do right. it. So Ellie, I want you to go through this on your own, like as you're, you know, as one of the listeners. And then at the end, we'll, we'll kind of talk and see what you, what you discovered. Okay. Sounds good. And also listeners, just press pause, like get to work, do this too. Press pause, then press play again. Super easy. Let's go. All right. Here we go. So if you've got a piece of paper, and again, it's not required, but um, if you've got a piece of paper, turn it horizontally, and we're going to make six columns. And basically, I'm just going to ask you six questions. So in the top left of your piece of paper, I just want you to write down the word challenge or challenges. And I want you to list something that's present for you in your life right now. Something that you know, you're dealing with that you really want to kind of get a new perspective on. Imagine that this exercise is going to be like uh, a trusted friend who's really wise. And by the way, that trusted friend who's really wise is you. And so we're going to be tapping into that. So write down a challenge or challenges. And if it could also be something that has been something recent that you've dealt with that you haven't you know, fully settled with. Like maybe you're still having weird feelings about like a conversation you had or like a way quitting that quitting you, your job, quitting your job, a way that you treated somebody or the way that somebody treated you. Um, when your babysitter quit, I'm yeah. trying to throw things out. Great. Arms. It's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> it could also be something. So it could be something that you kind of face every day, like getting cut off in traffic and that really bugs you. And you really understand why does that bug me so much? Or it could be something bigger. Like, you know, we could, you know, you could just go for it and be like, you know, my dad left me when I was 16 and I want to process that a little bit. So it can be big or small. The, the more present it is for you, the more productive this exercise will be. So write down a challenge or a few challenges and pause if you need to, but we're going to move on. In the second column, I want you to make a list based on the challenge of the effects. So just write effects next to challenges. This is the second column. And I want you to jot down based on the challenge that you faced, what were some of the external circumstances that you witnessed in your life? Not emotions, not the internal circumstances. For example, you know, my parents got divorced And I felt certain types of way about that. But first, before I get into the feelings, I want to talk about what were the external circumstances. So, you know, for me, it meant that my mom first moved into a separate room from my dad and then um, she moved out. And so we had like two holidays and, um, you know, I I, I never we would go back and forth. So I'd spend half the week at my dad's and half the week at my mom's. So that was another external circumstance. So write down what did you see based on that? change in your life out in the world and pause if you need to, but we're going to move on in the third column, based on the effects, based on the repercussions, 
I want you to write down a few emotions or feelings that you felt based on those. And it can be weirdly difficult to think about feelings. You know, the vocabulary that I tend to have is like, I feel good or bad. Those aren't actually feelings, right? <laughs> Happy, sad, angry, frustrated, which is kind of like angry, right? So this is where the feelings and needs exercise comes in handy. There's a uh, uh, a feelings and needs exercise that's on the website. And you can also find on the Facebook group uh, that has atomicmoms.com atomicmoms.com that has uh, a list of feelings. So I want you to take a look at this list of feelings. And for each of the external circumstances, I want you to write down what were some feelings that you felt as a result of the external circumstances. So just to give my quick example, when my parents got divorced, it meant two, you know, holidays traveling back and forth. The feelings I felt were, um, I felt detached emotionally. I didn't feel angry. I just felt kind of like, eh, whatever. I felt confused because I didn't really know why they were getting divorced. It kind of blindsided us. Um, I also felt kind of annoyed because it was like, well, why? Like, why don't you guys just figure it out? So for, so I would write down confusion. I would write down annoyance and I would write down, um, detachment. So take a minute and take a look at that PDF. And if you, if you need some more ideas, let's say you're, you're, on, you're in the car or you're, you're running as you're listening to this, here are some other feelings that you might have felt. I'm just going to throw some out. Um, overjoyed. Um, frightened. Scared. Um, discouraged. Disappointed. Frustrated. Resentful. Despair downhearted, brokenhearted, uh, ambivalent, feeling too pulled in two directions. Now, my theory is that we're always experiencing mixed emotions. So see if you can come up with a couple negative ones, because chances are there were some negative ones, but there was also maybe a flip side to it that you also felt something like relief, or maybe you felt a sense of, you know, contentedness or a sense of, um, let's see from the list, a sense of giddiness. Maybe you felt like a little ecstatic. So write down some feelings and pause if you need to, but we're going to move on. So for each of the feelings that you felt, what was the need that either was or wasn't getting met? Nonviolent communication puts forth the idea that when we're feeling something, it's because we have a need that either is or isn't getting met. So for example, for me, my parents got divorced two Christmases. I felt detached, confused, annoyed, which by the way, is kind of like low level anger. So based on my feeling for, of detachment, what was my need? And I look at this feelings and needs list. So there are a bunch of needs listed. And my need, I think, if I'm being honest, was for intimacy, which would have been super vulnerable to say as a 17-year-old, no way do I want intimacy with my parents. But looking back, like I wanted connection. I wanted bonding. And I felt hurt. Okay, so there's a new one. Like I didn't acknowledge it at the time, but I felt hurt. Um, you know, I, I, I felt confused because I didn't know why they were getting divorced. So I think I had a need for more transparency, more honesty. So is the need usually the opposite? I don't know. For me, that's, that's what it's helped like me disconnect to connection. That's what helped me think about it. Like that my disconnection was probably as a result of me needing this thing. And I was like, right. I don't want to admit that I need that thing. We recently had an episode, um, about called warrior parenting. And my guests were talking about sort of the ant in Buddhism, like the antidote. Mm. So it's mm -hmm. the idea of like the opposite of what you're experiencing to try to go towards that. And that's sort of what this f feels like. If, if a feeling isn't, if you're having a feeling, 
yeah, what is the need that's not being met? Because it's probably kind of the opposite of what that feeling is. Right. And to me, that guides me to the medicine that I need, the antidote, as it were. So in terms of my needs, you know, I had a need for transparency, more honesty from my parents. Um, so just take a minute and actually take maybe a minute and a half because sometimes, and the, the way this exercise works best is if you push yourself to identify feelings and needs that actually surprise you, that are discoveries. So take another half minute. And if you have this exercise, like interrogate some of these feelings and needs that might seem irrelevant and actually push yourself to make a discovery here, to find a feeling or a need that you didn't actually realize, oh yeah, or you didn't acknowledge that I was feeling that way. So this is where it's kind of like you're doing therapy to yourself where you're going, you're asking yourself, did I feel heartbroken? No. But then you think about it. Did I actually feel heartbroken? Or did I feel stressed and overwhelmed? Well, maybe you didn't acknowledge it initially, but maybe yeah, there was some overwhelm. So once you've got the feelings, then we identify the needs. And again, push yourself to identify what was really underlying that need. And go until you make a discovery here. Pause if you need to, because we're going to move on. So in the next column, you know, it's been said before that, that we're basically, as humans, we're these walking around bundles of needs. And there are certain ways that we, in our lives, work to get our needs met. So based on the needs that you've identified in that column, in the next column, ask yourself, well, how do I get these needs met? Or if you want to be a little more proactive and creative, how could I get these needs met? So you experienced a challenge that led to certain effects in your life, which then made you feel certain ways. Because you have these needs, you need certain things. How have you been getting these needs met? But are there other ways that you could get these needs met? So get creative here. Or one fun thing to do is to think about the, like your hobbies, <laughs> the things that you do for fun, and ask yourself, and this is kind of a cool way of reframing your hobby, especially something that you feel really guilty about, like, I don't know, binging on Netflix or you know, over, you know, eating dessert, you know, eating two desserts. What needs are you getting met? And how is that fulfilling? Like what deeper part of you is that fulfilling? So this is also a, a huge way to justify doing a lot of bad stuff, <laughs> which is kind of fun about it. But the, the theory, if we take this idea that we're all just walking bundles of needs, this can actually, I think, not just legitimize and sort of justify our bad habits, but actually give us a deeper understanding of, and hopefully empathy for why we do the things we do. So there's kind of a little healing medicine in this. So take another second to think about and pause if you need to. Why is it, or sorry, what have I been doing to get these needs met? And then in the creative sense, what could I do? New ideas for getting these needs met. And then here's the fun part. The last column is write down what values or benefits. So you just write down values, extra, actually write down unexpected values or benefits. And on the second page of that feelings and needs exercise, you'll see saying, what did I learn? So for me, you know, when my parents got divorced and I felt detached, disconnected, et cetera, and I felt confused, you know, what did I do about it? You know, well, I didn't actually like do anything. I just like lived my life. I like, you know, I was in high school. I like did theater. And when I was actually doing this exercise live in front of a group of students, I realized, oh wait, that theater was actually helping me meet those needs. Like theater helped me, you know, connect more with people. It helped me be more transparent with myself, more honest with myself and with others, that transparency and honesty that I'd wanted. So it really gave me a deeper understanding of why I was doing theater. 
But then in the last column, there are all these other benefits that I got from doing theater. So it helped me express my creativity. So creativity is something that I would write down. It also helped me become more confident. It also helped me travel. I won this trip to, to New York to perform on Broadway in this competition, and it allowed me to experience more diversity. So there were all these other added benefits. How it can help you in this exercise, especially if this is what you put in the what did I do about it is actually a what I could do about it list, is that it can help anchor for you your action item. So let's say you've come up with a, oh, you know what I could do is I could actually go ask this person for this thing. Like I could actually get that need met in that way. What would be some other positive benefits to doing that thing? So take a minute to think about it. We're almost done. Pause if you need to, because I'm going to recap the whole deal. So here's what we've just done. We identified some stuff that we went through. Okay. Some challenges based on those challenges that had certain impacts in our lives certain effects, certain repercussions. Based on that, sometimes we don't think about this, but we've taken a second to think about, okay, well, how did I actually feel about that? Which is totally the therapy part, right? Well, how did that make you feel? <laughs> then we thought about, okay, well, deeper beneath the feeling, what was a need that wasn't getting met? Or if it was positive, or if there was elements, what were the positive needs that were getting met? Then what did I do about it? Or what could I do about it? And then what would be some other positive benefits that would potentially take me through that? So that takes us a few minutes. What ends up happening for me or what's happened for me is that this process actually becomes more, it becomes faster and it becomes more intuitive, but it takes breaking down these complex experiences into these steps. Are you ready, Ellie, to yes. get, get vulnerable or <clears throat> oh, at yeah. least give us some stuff? I'm how, ready. how was that for you, by the way? It was good. Okay. Also, when you were talking about theater, uh, and I feel this way about theater too, when you start to sort of nail down what it gave you, uh, you can start to realize that, that there are other things in your life that can also give you those things. Yes. And so for moms that are feeling like, Oh, I used to have the magic, right? I used to have that magic and, and to sort of sit down, this is the second exercise, everybody that I'm making up on the spot, Great. but you sit down and you sort of uh, really brainstorm, like, what was that magic? What yeah. did it give you? Because it wasn't actually theater mm. or whatever. It's not the theater. It's the things that the theater gave you right. or whatever it is that you now miss because now you're a grown up and you had to give up those dreams or whatever happened. You had your baby or whatever. That there are, you can plug those qualities into other parts of your life or you can find other things that fulfill you in that way exactly ways other ways to get those same needs met when we get down yes. to the fundamental needs we've we've all got the same ones but we get in this trapped in this mind or i've gotten trapped in this mind of like well theater was the only way to get my creative needs met and it's right. totally a, a lie it's, it's it's a myth we think it's a thing when really it's the, the it's like, stuff that it gave us it's like dumbo's feather it's like we explain. Thought we, I haven't seen it in forever. Okay. So in I Dumbo, can't get past the the part where the mom's in chains. Yeah. So Dumbo thought he needed the feather to fly, and he didn't need the feather to fly. So I thought for a while I needed theater in order to be a fully realized human being. But actually, the stuff that I do when I work with students on their personal statements help me meet those same needs that theater was meeting for creativity, for variety, for connection, for authenticity, all those things. And that's me with the podcast. Totally. Okay, so let's get back to your original right. exercise. So here we go. So, now that we've done Ellie's Dumbo Feather exercise. Here we go. Ellie, I want you to just, if you're willing to, I don't know how many challenges you brainstormed, but just share with us one, one challenge that, that, that's up for you or okay, that's been present for you. So Sabrina is a bolter. Uh, 
she likes to run away and not come back. Got it. And in terms of the effects, like the external effects, like how does that impact you in your life? What impact do you see on, in your life and in her life? I'll try and chase after her. If I grab her by the arm, or if I get her arm, she'll throw herself on the ground yeah. and flail around. Great. Those are our external circumstances. And how does that make you feel? What are some of the feelings that come up for you when this happens? Uh, it makes me feel burnt out. It makes me feel stunned. It makes me feel confused uh, and then and panicky. Mm. And then on occasion, depending like yesterday at the park, I also am feeling ambivalent because I'm also slightly amused. Yeah. Got it. I'm feeling all those things as you're telling me them. So great. Um, so let's pick a few of them and let's identify what are some of the needs that are underlying these feelings. So feel free to like name the feeling and then be like, I think that has to do with this need. Just for okay. a, a few of these. Uh, I'm feeling ambivalent. What's your need when you're feeling ambivalent? What's what are the? It's probably two needs pulling in two directions. You have on mm. the one hand a need for this, and probably another need for this other thing. I have a need because can you, can you have a need for someone else? Does that make sense? What is the need though? The need for well, I'm looking at like independence, and sort of like I am ambivalent because I want her to have that independence. Like I'm proud of her for being the kind of kid to like charge ahead and not need to hold my hand and her fearlessness is something that i so so it sounds like it sounds to me like maybe freedom like you want to feel free and you want her to feel free so there's this need for freedom okay and independence but there's also going against that that's making you feel ambivalent you also have a need for what groundedness let's see and probably it sounds like safety right yes so there's this need for her to be free and for you to be free but you also don't want her to fall down a ravine Right. For example. Right. Right. Well, there's ravines in our parks, everybody. Right. <laughs> there are. So, so there's, there's the, those warring needs. Right. Let's, what's one more feeling that you feel? Like you mentioned fear. What are, just pick another feeling and then let's pick the need underneath that. I guess stunned. I, and I feel like my need is order. Ah, that's a big one. Great. So you have a need, you have some needs for independence, freedom a need for safety and order. Mm-hmm. Great. Let's go with those. So what are some ways in your life that you get those needs met? Okay. Well, with freedom, I feel like I've created a life where we can go to Michigan for a month and stay with family. You know, I've in, we have a lot of freedom in our scheduling. Cool. What about name, you know, one of the others? Uh, order. I feel like that's something that I'm always kind of wishing I had more of. I feel like I'm a a super messy type A. Like I was a kid who always had all the papers in the bottom of her backpack. So ways that I try to have order is I try to write out a schedule. Great. So how else, if we're thinking about these three needs in that situation with her, how else could you get those needs, those same needs met? I don't know, by laying down the law. Would that do it? Well, I need to be, I so know. So that would, that would help with order. Yeah. Would that help with the freedom and independence part of it? No. So what else could you do after laying down the law that would give her and you that feeling of freedom and independence? It's hard, I know. Is there another way that you could get that? Well, I feel like she has it most of the day. Mm-hmm. So I guess just accepting that there's times when she can't have it. Is that true? Yes. I, I think I think that's true too. Now, one of the things that you mentioned before we were recording was 
a sense that sometimes you're able, you're, you use the term wishy-washy. Oh yeah. So we did a recent episode with Dr. Shafali and, uh, we were talking about boundaries and she was talking about how you can't be wishy-washy. So now I'm constantly saying, <laughs> I'm not wishy-washy. <laughs> I'm not wishy-washy. Do you feel that sometimes you are wishy-washy? Yes. Okay. And I'm making that to mean there's something connected to boundaries. Yes. I feel like I'm wishy-washy with my daughter um, because I do let her run off mm-hmm. in the park if she's not running towards traffic. Like right. if she's running towards the trees and stuff, I let her do that. And maybe she's not totally aware. Mm-hmm. It might be confusing to her. Got it. And what I'm hearing is that there's sometimes when you feel like you don't want to fully lay down the law because you're impinging on her freedom and independence. Yes. And I heard you say right after that. I'm too tired. Right. But I heard you say after that also that she gets to be free and independent all the rest of the day and all the time. Can she have freedom and independence at every single moment? No, of course not. But my curiosity is if in those moments when you're laying down the law, if you can give yourself the medicine of, oh, but actually... (laughs) For the rest of the day and the rest of the time, she's going to get these things. I, I, I'm speaking to this because this is something that I struggle with too. Is like, when do I lay down the law? For me, it feels infinite. Like if I'm doing this, then I'm doing something permanent to her. Right. When it's just the moment. When it's just the moment. And she's going to have all that other stuff, all the other times. <laughs> you know, she's going to have freedom and independence. For me, it helps to remind myself that we are going to get those needs met and do. And if I can see, well, what is she really wanting? Well, she's wanting autonomy. Okay, well, how, how can I help her get those needs met? What am I wanting? Because this is really the key of this exercise is the feelings and the needs part. Well, when, when she's running off, she's wanting to be free. What am I wanting? I'm wanting her to be safe. Okay, is there a way that I can get, that she can have freedom, but I can have safety? And it may be no. It may be that we can't have both. And I need, that's a situation where I just need to say no. You're, you know, they say that parenting is a dictatorship and hopefully it's a benevolent one, right? Mm-hmm. So for your sake, no, I just have to, this is the way it is right now. Um, it seems like in those situations, though, if I'm tapped into what is the thing that's making me feel like, oh, mm-hmm. I can't tell her to stop, that actually we can go get that need met in a different way. And you do this already. Sabrina, we redirect, right? Let's right. go get that need met in this other way. Let's go color. Right. Let's go do this other thing. We can go to your friend's house and you can run around there. Exactly. Uh, also, talking to you about this makes me think that like I haven't sat down and talked to her about this. Mm. Like We mm. deal with it in the moment. In the moment. But we never have done sort of the playback. And I'm getting that there's a need for connection, a need to be listened to, a need for like being on the same page. Yeah. And maybe if she understands that there's that it makes mommy scared when she runs away like that, that she might not do it then. I just got goosebumps hearing you say that because to me, having my mom, like understanding the impact of my actions. I mean, when do they start understanding? I don't know. But I have this feeling that my little 18 month old is starting to get that. And practicing this as a parent, I, you know, my wife and I took this nonviolent communication parenting course, and we've practiced a little bit, you know, since she was a few months old and couldn't understand language. Like, here's how I feel. Daddy feels scared. <laughs> and having them begin to understand the impact of their actions, I think, starts to get in there. But that takes vulnerability, and it takes, you know, presence. It takes taking that time out that you're talking about, saying, you know what, here's the, the impact that it's having on me. How else can we get this need met? And being creative with them. So not being Mm -hmm. like, here's the way that we're going to do it, but being like, what would you like to do? Mm -hmm. And that can be a really fun and deep conversation. So one way, just let's pick one way just so we can move to the last column. One way that you have been able to, um, one way that you could get this need for freedom, independence met, but also still feel safe. 
What's something that you could do with her? And you know what? The thing you mentioned actually could, could work. I think it's the playback. The playback. Great. So and sitting I think down maybe with her. And Jennifer Waldberger and Jill Spivak from Sleepy Planet, who've both been on the podcast, they often use uh, like writing a little book to help children understand things. And I think that if Sabrina and I kind of wrote a book together about, you know, when can you run freely and when can you not, that that might be a really good way to collaborate and she can have... Um, and now you're moving into the last column, so let me just make okay. it explicit. So based on creating a little book together, that's what we'd put in the what I did about it or what mm-hmm. I could do about a column. What other values, and this is on that list, what other values okay. could that potentially bring? Like based on, yes... It, it, it so, would bring self-expression. It would bring art. Um, it would bring empathy. Because uh, mm. understanding why she wants to run oh, or what that impulse is. Uh inspiration right because it could be something that you don't even know about yet yeah it could be that there's something going on for her yeah that you're not even aware of so yeah empathy that's great um uh creativity excitement Mm. uh quality relationships awesome curiosity and we could go on and on and i'll just cut you off to say that i I think the value in thinking about what are the added benefits of making this book for the listeners it's like thinking about how the other ways that that can help you in your life or help me in my life if I'm doing this helps me to think, oh, that's something that I should actually do. Because <laughs> I, you know, I can kind of write it down and be like, yeah, I should do that. But when I start to flesh out what are the positive things that might come into my life as a result of that thing, then it helps to anchor for me that intention. We're like our own science experiments. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I really want to talk to you about your new book. Can you please share with us? Yeah, I'd love to. So I've got a new book that's got this exercise in it, and it's for college essays, but I think it's also for life. It's uh, on Amazon, real pre-order. It comes out July 1st. And, um, you know, my this is my thing, is helping people understand themselves better. And I, I particularly work with uh, high school students applying to college, and how can you take exercises like this and use them to re- write a personal statement that is, in my high school students' words, like deep. So this is, I call this, this is part of the chapter, how to make your essay like deep. Um, so yeah, I encourage folks to check it out. And, uh, you know, I work with students one-on-one on their essays and I have these online courses that yeah, are, your website is unbelievable. Thanks. Yeah. College essay guy.com. So, um, and yeah. your Twitter feed is constant. It is constant. I'm so impressed. <laughs> Thanks. You just have so many tools for all of us. And like, even though a lot of us have kids that are younger, it's really good for us to you know, take inventory for ourselves because we're affecting our children every day and they're absorbing our stuff. Totally. So this helps us understand our stuff better. Yeah, it does. (laughs) What our stuff is doing to their stuff. (laughs) Exactly. And also why, and then you can also kind of brainstorm probably on like why they're doing what they're Mm. doing. And with the book, um, it's really about sort of, I feel like your, uh, method for, essay writing is, is it's about not having kids write for what they think admissions counselors want and instead really tapping into who they actually, who they actually are and revealing that truth. And in doing so, it's so powerful. Yeah. It's, it's like trying to get, it's like rather than trying to get dressed to please everybody, well, what would everyone like if I wore? It's more like, well, what feels really good to me? <laughs> like what color feels really good? What style feels really good? Like getting dressed. And, uh, you know, I, I always say it's like impossible to please everyone. So starting from this sort of deeper, you know, more personal place allows us to be more authentic in our, in our writing 
in our college essays and in our lives. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Until next week, trust in your goodness, live out your greatness, rock on, Atomic Moms. Thank you.